Greetings, defenders. This podcast is going to be done a little differently than you're accustomed to. If you are watching and or hearing, you will notice that it's just me, your friendly neighborhood Philly monster. Scarve is not going to be on this pod. If there was ever a time we needed the millions, it's right now. Please keep Papa Scarf in your thoughts and in your prayers. He's not doing very well right now. He's been in the hospital and he's fighting. He's fighting hard, but he's got a long battle ahead of him and he needs our positivity and our energy. So please keep JR and his family in your hearts and in your prayers. A Scarf's obviously been going through a lot emotionally, mentally, and physically, and yet he's still around, still here recording shows, still out there filming content and being a part of everything that we've been doing up to this point. He wasn't at today's game, which is uncharacteristic, and he's not going to be on today's pod. So any words of encouragement, any DMs, anything any anything positive would be very much greatly appreciated. And JR, my brother, I... I love you more than I've ever loved most people. I'm here for you. I've always been here for you. I'll always be here for you. Uh, you, you as is Panda, as is Nina, as is the millions, as are the your LAFC family. You don't have to go through this alone, my man. I love you, and I'm here for you. And, and Papa Scarf, keep fighting. Keep fighting that good fight. I know they build them tough in upstate New York, and we know you're there, sir. We know you're out there fighting this battle and please keep fighting we all still need you around and we are here for you defenders i just want to thank you for a couple of moments just letting you know and informing you what's up with scarf so that's the story there now it's time to change up the tone and it's time to change up the tempo hello los angeles hello lovers of major league soccer hello fans of the beautiful game and hello to the millions of Defenders of the Bank listeners, this is episode 268, the episode about the touchdown we just scored in League's Cup. But first, it's in time for introductions. My name is Christian Philly Philemon, the platinum-colored-haired flamingo. And joining me, mainly out of necessity and, of course, proximity, she lives with me. She's one half of the Angel City Chicks. She's my partner in life, the wise, the gorgeous, the brilliant. And I'm not just saying this because she's next to me and she's my wife. I bring you, for the first time ever, we've done this, Amanda the Panda Philemon. What is good, Defenders? I had to say it in the tone of our beloved Scarf. Of course, I can't do it as well as he can. But let me just tell you, I am... Excited to be joining you on Defenders of the Bank podcast because, like you said, this is the first time we have done this solo together. And of course, in true Defenders of the Bank fashion, we are recording this at one <laughs> twenty-four a.m. So, Lord only knows how this is going to go. I was not built for this, Philly. Do I call you Philly on this because it's really weird to me? I just want you to know. Yeah, it's super. It, I, I never really wanted to hear. Oh, Philly, come, buddy's mouth. I just. No. Yeah, call me Philly. We're, we're, yeah, it's Defenders of the Bank. It's not Striking Fury. Call me Phil. All right. Well, the good thing is I have been very, very in tune to what's been going on with the women's uh, national team with the World Cup. So those late night games at like one, two, three o'clock in the morning, I have been watching. So I'm maybe a little more awake than I would have been prior to that. So I don't know. I'd say we, uh, we just, 
figure this out. Let's just do it. Let's go. Yeah, we'll definitely figure this out. And obviously, this is a very unorthodox episode of Defenders of the Bank. Um, and again, Scar, if you're listening to this, I love you, kid. I'm I'm here for you. Uh, we're not going to like go in and, and steal the thunder from the segments. It's not going to be a this day in LAFC history or anything like that. Scarf segments are scarf segments. But what we are going to do, obviously, is we're going to... There's a lot that's happened since the last time we've all hung out. There's been a lot of news in terms of player signings. We're going to go over that. We're going to quickly touch upon our opponent for the day, FC Juarez. But if you want more background information on that, we did record a Getting to Know Our Opponent pod a couple of days ago. So you can go back and check that out. We have some really good information there. But of course, we're going to touch on a couple of things here. And then we're going to break down the beatdown of FC Juarez and then let you know what's in store and what's ahead for LAFC moving forward in this league's cup. But Panda, first and foremost, as Scarf and I always do, a a little bit of banter. Look, it's been a couple of weeks (laughs) since we've been at BMO. It's been a couple of weeks since we've had anything LAFC physically in our lives. Like how, how did you feel being back at BMO, the cathedral of the black and gold? Like how did it feel to be back home? Well, it always feels amazing being back at BMO. I, it's just our second home. We are there all the time, whether it's Angel City, LAFC, concerts, everything. I feel like I'm always there. So it did feel a little weird to not be there recently. And honestly, coming into tonight's game, I really wasn't sure how I felt. It did feel a little weird. And as we go through this podcast, we're definitely going to talk about some weird things that did happen. Uh, uh, this is very unorthodox for so many reasons. The the type of match that we were playing, the first in history. Uh, we had pitch invaders. Uh, we have, yeah, you know, we, we have special guests on the podcast. There's just a lot of things that were different. We had our normal people that are in Founders Club that greet us. Not the same. I mean, I think, are we even going to talk about um, the difficulties that certain people had getting into oh, the section? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we we should. There's a lot of funny quips uh, about from our buddies, the twins, Lalo and Gaston. A lot, a lot of fun stuff happened. But if you got to BMO early, you would have noticed that Christmas Tree Lane was a bit inaccessible. And Panda, why is that? Well, there was a festival. There was a festival. I even forgot the name of the festival. I Googled it because I was like, I've never heard of this. But I'm also not huge into techno, electronic music and those kinds of festivals. But I do have to say it looks pretty cool. It looks like it's going to be a pretty big event. The fact that they have everything already set up and just kind of ready to go. And this isn't even until Saturday and Sunday. It's clearly a big deal. And I think uh, Skrillex and and Diplo and Gorgon City and a bunch of big names in the techno world are going to be there so if you're into that kind of music it looks like it's going to be a fantastic event but it's certainly kind of put a little bit of a damper on our normal game day operations as far as tailgating and parking and just kind of like the overall feel of what a game normally feels like to be honest yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not into the EDM. I uh, I prefer instruments. It's just me. I was in a rock band. I spent all that time learning how to play guitar because I just thought it was cool. And no disrespect, obviously, to the DJs because they're out there killing it. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here in world-famous Philomonster Studios, which, by the way, I love. And, uh, you know, you're here with me, which is really cool. You and I, my, Panda and I do do a podcast together, Striking Fury, the official podcast for the Empire Strikers of the Major Arena Soccer League. And we're, we're part, of, part of their broadcast team. I'm the play-by-play guy. She's the sideline reporter. So we have worked together in the past. 
So hopefully the chemistry is there. And the chemistry is not here, then whoa, whoa, what this husband and wife team's not here preaching that black and gold tree. But yeah, that's that's a little bit about that. So we're gonna get really quickly into some LAFC news. A lot has transpired over the course of the past couple of weeks. Of course, that being said, like we're in the transfer window time period, which it's by the time you're listening to this, the transfer window has closed. So we ended up acquiring a couple of things, and I'm going to go through this list of things that have occurred since the last time we were all connected together. Uh, we acquired a 2023 international roster slot from Austin FC in exchange for 175000 in general allocation money in 2024. That was a transaction that happened. It's always good to get GAM, maybe to buy down players uh, off the U22 to give other opportunities for other roster spots. Uh, then... <laughs> We acquire a 2023 international slot from the Columbus crew in exchange for $150,000 in general allocation money in 2024. Speaking of the Columbus crew, oh, well, you give give that give that little spoiler, Panda. What 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 is LAFC and the Columbus crew like? Why are we even talking about this right now? Well, first and foremost, this is time for the womp womp button. Just to be honest, like let's just do that. Yeah, I mean, if you are living under a rock or you are not fully like committed to Twitter and what's going on during this transfer window and just like, I don't know, honed in on everything that's happening, then you would know that Diego Rossi came back to the MLS after his nice little stint over there in uh, in the Turkish League with uh, Fenerbahce, if we all can remember that. I mean, huge loss for us when that happened, but super excited to see what he was doing over there. But he is back, and he is back with another, as they like to call it, black and gold team. I don't know if you caught that on Twitter, but Columbus Crew called themselves black and gold. And um, I digress. Uh, they are black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> and yeah, we are going to see the likes of Diego Rossi donning a black and yellow jersey in the MLS. And I don't know how I feel about this. How do you feel about this? <laughs> I'm shocked that he's back in MLS. I mean, you're telling me he couldn't have spent, he couldn't have gone anywhere else. The Eredivisie in, in, in Holland, he could have. I mean, look, money obviously talks in this day and age. Obviously, we, we need to be cognizant about money. I'm, I'm just surprised that he's back in Major League Soccer. Such a yeah. young, talented player. Uh, he had some success at Fenerbahce. I mean, not, I can't say I'm familiar with all of his stats that have transpired. I sort of lost track of him. But to get him back in MLS is going to be fun to watch. But for us, it kind of sucks because he's going to be going to a team that's not LAFC. And he's obviously going to be going to a team that is just, it, yeah, they might be close to our colors, but it's not our black and gold. So I want to do this one time to salute him because when he comes back into BMO, we'll cheer and all that other stuff. But after the whistle blows, he's our enemy. But, uh, he was the man who scored the first goal against the Sounders. Diego Rossi. Diego Rossi. Oh, Diego Rossi. Oh, Diego Rossi. He scored the first goal against the Sounders. All right, enough of that. <laughs> uh, Eddie Segura, ladies and gentlemen. He never went anywhere, but uh, we re-signed him through 2024 with options in 2026. So Steady Eddie's working his way back in the lineup. He looks good. He's out there doing his thing. So we re-signed him, and obviously it comes at a really good time because we need some depth pieces back there. Yeah, super excited to see Eddie Segura back on the squad. He is, like you said, he has never left. He is always at events. He is still doing a lot of things in the community, uh, especially with athletes in the making. Shout out, but Vic. 
Yes, shout out Vic. But he is also always at LAFC games in the stands. And every time we see him, he always stops and just wants to chat. And we always ask him how he's doing. And he always seems motivated and ready to go. And it's so exciting to know that he is finally coming back to be in our squad. And I, I could not be happier for him. I mean, he's such a good guy and definitely deserves to get out there and at least show us, you know, what he has left in him for our team. Absolutely. Happy to have you back, Steady Eddie. Now, we got ourselves a number nine defenders. We acquired Mario Gonzalez from Sporting Club de Braga of Portugal as a TAM deal. Targeted allocation money. We still don't utilize that designated player spot. We signed him via TAM. Now, I'm not going to go out there and say I've been watching this young man play uh, throughout the years. But from the highlight reels I see, the kid looks talented. And obviously, John Thorrington and crew do everything they can to scout and, and find players that would fit our system. Doesn't matter how talented they are, they need to fit our system. And here's a guy who uh, is pretty clinical in the way he finishes. You listen to his, if you listen to his interview that he had, it's all on YouTube right now. He seems confident, which is also what's important. You need that out of your number nine. So we got him and that's going to be a really good, uh, really good spot for our, for our front line. Yeah. You had something you touched my well, yeah, my, it was just my arm here. Well, <laughs> a little people, excited that you did that. Thank you, you very much. Weren't supposed to call yeah, it out. Good. That was supposed to see a subtle way of me saying like I have something to add to what you said. But what I was going to say is, <laughs> well, Gam Tam, thank you, ma'am. This guy seems very much ready to be that guy in the box. I mean, he even said it. He said you guys get a lot of balls in and around that attacking third and around the box, and he likes to be the guy in the middle, ready to just punch him into the back. And that's exactly what we've needed. So I hope he's a man of his word. I hope he is, uh, you know, got a great shot on target and I'm excited to see what he can do. But I'll tell you after tonight's performance, uh, you know, I, I mean, hopefully he can add to it, but I, I'm, I'm not as, uh, I don't know, not as like, Oh my God, we need it, need it, need it as much as after tonight. But anyways, I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Yeah, of course. And he's not the only acquisition that we have. Uh, we acquired another midfield, another depth piece, Philip Krostev on loan from Lomel SK in the Belgian challenger pro league. We have him till June of 2024. Uh, this loan agreement that we have includes a permanent transfer option. And uh, he's going to be added to the club. Uh, the minute his P1 visa and international transfer certificate come through. Yet again, another player that I can say I've scouted thoroughly, a player that I had to look up, I'm sure most of the millions. And millions. Uh, see, that works out pretty well. Very seamless <laughs> transitions. Of Defenders of the Bank listeners, like if there's somebody out there that is a uh, aficionado of the Belgian pro leagues, uh, let us know. I mean, that we'd love to learn more about that. And I know Scarf and I are going to do a more in-depth, cr concrete piece uh, and show on some of these new players. But this isn't the only two that we've signed. Three, technically, because of Eddie Segura, but he never went anywhere. So uh, that's not all, because we had a hat tilt. There is a hat tilt. It came out today. The transfer window, as I mentioned, officially does end today. And one thing to also note, there is a roster freeze that's going to occur September 15th. And what that means is all MLS teams have to submit their 30-man roster to the MLS. And they can't make any changes unless something extreme happens. So keep that in mind. We could still bring in free agents, but the transfer window closes. And uh, 
We aren't going to talk about or speculate on who's coming, even though we actually know. We don't break news here. We don't. We don't chase that train because, quite honestly, it's exhausting. I have no idea how Tom Bogart does it in this league, let alone Fabrizio Romano that does it for everybody. That's that's no sleep. It's already 1.37 in the morning, and I just can't imagine doing what those guys do. So uh, we're not going to say anything, but I do want to dispel some of the lies that we've seen on social media about Chucky Lozano. <laughs> People are saying they've seen him in L.A. They say they've seen him at LAX, but I say horse poop. And why do I say horse poop, Panda? (laughs) Well, I mean, unless uh, he is able to clone himself or I don't know, maybe has a twin out there or a a crazy avatar that he's able to project. There's no way that he could be at LAX and in the starting 11 of Napoli versus Girona today. So I think that pretty much says it all that I don't, I don't think it's happening at least not in these moments that are fleeting around us. Yep. So look, not to say that he's not coming, not to say that the club hasn't had conversations with him. I'm not getting into any of that. We'd know some stuff, but I'm not getting into any of that. I will allow the club to announce who's coming in or let Tom Bogard break the news. And then we'll get into more details on that, but uh, don't hold your breath on Chucky Lozano being that hat tilt. So just an FYI. In addition, uh, Sifu wasn't there today. Sifu's been rumored to already be in Glasgow in Scotland. It's been reported that he's making his move over to Rangers, and we're going to get more info on what his contract situation is. But with Sifu moving over to the Scottish Premier League, that obviously opens up some space. So that's the story and a lot of the news that has transpired in terms of personnel changes. Now, MLS power rankings came out and uh, LAFC is placed eighth, if you can believe that, behind the likes of FC Cincinnati, the Philadelphia Union, the Columbus Crew, Nashville, the Rev, St. Louis, and Seattle. We are eighth behind all of these. Really? The order, yeah, that's it's crazy. The order I just gave you this was in the order that I read about it on, on, on MLS or whatever periodical it was. So uh, quite surprising mm. that that's the case, Panda. Um, but we're going to obviously be moving up. Our team clearly needed a two-week break, and they've obviously capitalized on it tonight. We're going to get more into that. But shocking that we are behind all of these teams, in particular St. Louis, after we absolutely thrashed them. But Seattle, I haven't even heard a peek from them lately. What are they even doing? Uh, Besides losing in League's Cup. <laughs> well, you, you took the words right out of my <laughs> I mean, mouth. That's what they've been doing. They've been losing in League's Cup. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, this that just seems like a very obscure list. I would love to know what they are basing that on because, well, they maybe they'll change after tonight. How about that? Power rankings are typically skewed as it is. They're talking points. They really don't mean anything. So I just thought it was interesting how you have a team like LAFC in eighth Obviously, the uh, the match against Minnesota is probably what bumped us down, but I wouldn't have imagined being bumped down as low as eighth. But that's fine. I'd rather work our way from the top than be the bullseye, which we are as the defending MLS Cup champions. A couple other bits of news and notes before we get into the game. There was a really good article in The Athletic uh, done in an interview by uh, Felipe Cardenas with Carlos Vela. And a couple of key factors that I pulled out of that panda, Vela says, and I quote, if my mind and body aren't at 100%, I'll step aside and let others step in. I've always been clear about that, and I know it's coming soon. 
There was no doubt today that he was at 100 <laughs> uh, percent. Something did happen that made him go to the locker room. We'll talk about that. We won't speculate on it yet. But uh, Carlos obviously is eyeing things and he's um, he knows that retirement is is within his sights. He doesn't know how much time, maybe another year or two. But what we do know is that he means business and he wants to win trophies, Panda. So, I mean, we were talking about this today on what we thought the best move for Carlos Vela would be when that time comes. Do we think the club's going to sign him on maybe a lesser contract and free up that DP slot? Do we think he would be open to offers in other teams around the MLS or outside of the MLS somewhere else, Liga and Mekis? You know, it's hard to say. I know him and his wife love LA. Um, So I think, I think this just feels like the best fit for him. I think I think he would take a little bit of a pay cut to stay here and just kind of ride out his time here and retire from LAFC. I, I think we've been good to him. He's been good to us. And I think it just makes sense for that to kind of be wrapped up in a nice little bow at the end of it all. But, you know, this this game is a cruel mistress. I mean, it'll break yeah. your heart in many ways. And that would be one of them if you were to leave and go somewhere else, I think, after all this. But I don't know. Either way, tonight showed us that that time is not closer or it's not near us it's more farther away which i think is a good sign i think he really wants to show us what he does have left in him and then you know i don't know i, I was I, it was 2019 carlos vela tonight oh we saw some vintage vela we'll we'll talk about that um this is an lafc podcast but it's still part of major league soccer and we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up messi now, I'm not going to talk about Messi's games as a member of Inner Miami. I'm going to talk about Messi in the sense that it applies and matters to us. If you look at our schedule, September the 3rd, Inner Miami is in town against LAFC. And the big question on most people's minds is, will Messi feature? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What I do know, though, is September 3rd is when Inner Miami's in town. Now, Argentina has two World Cup qualifiers in September on the 8th against Ecuador and on the 12th against Bolivia. Does Messi have enough time to play in the match in L.A., then go off to international duty? Absolutely. I'd say so, and I hope so. First and foremost, I mean, that is several days. That is five days. He doesn't need that much time. He could literally roll out of bed onto a plane, fly down there, and just run onto the pitch like Boenga style, the way he did when he came back from, from his stint, and still be better than everybody on that pitch. So I have no doubt he's going to be in that game. And I think L.A. is going to do everything they can to make sure that Messi is part of that. I mean, Messi in L.A. just makes sense. I don't think there's any way they're going to skirt around that. It's it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be huge. You know this. It'll be epic. And look, I love Messi as much as the next person. I think the guy's outstanding. And damn, he's he's taken MLS by storm. I mean, League's Cup has is, is definitely been his B, if you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah. But defenders, I know y'all love Messi. If you support LAFC, don't wear the inner Miami jersey to BMO Stadium. If you're an LAFC supporter, please don't. It just looks silly. Wear the Barca. Wear the Argentina one. Actually, no, don't wear any of that stuff. This wear is all an about LAFC jersey. Wear what are you LAFC talking jersey. about? Yeah, I'm just, I'm going crazy. Jesus Christ. The only time you should wear a Messi jersey is when Messi is playing anyone else other than LAFC. 
Fair enough. So like I'm, I'm just, done, done I'm, with that. Fine. I'm just appalled at the amount of inner Miami Messi jerseys I'm already seeing, but Hey, it's the Messi effect. That's the story. For that. the record. We don't even know if those are LAFC fans that are coming. These are just probably nice little looky loo passerbys that are in LA and just want to go to a match. And I don't know, or, just completely oblivious to what uh, amazing this is actually here in LA instead. So I don't know. You know that, you know, there's lots of people that come to these games that aren't a fan of LAFC or FC Juarez. They were just there to go to a game. So we certainly know somebody that plays in Wales that was there and we'll talk about him later. All right, defenders. That's a lot of the news and the notes. One thing I forgot to say, uh, and shame on me for saying it. I usually rely on Scarf to say it. We got to pay the bills, folks. We want to give a <laughs> shout out to our sponsor, Flex Power Tools, the official kid sponsor of not only LAFC, but of Defenders of the Bank. So big shout out to our sponsors. We love Flex. Those power tools are amazing. And, and keep an eye out on the Defenders of the Bank social medias. Uh, my good friend, Chris Lafferty, LAFC Laugh and I are going to be doing some segments uh, about the Flex Power Tools and getting you more familiar and acquainted with them. And one key thing to note, that lifetime warranty that we've been preaching about all season long, it expires on December 31st. The powers that be at Flex wanted to make sure that we notified you. December 31st, that lifetime guarantee expires. So if you're on the fence about buying those Flex Power Tools, make sure you go ahead and you do so because come January 1st, 2024, that lifetime guarantee goes bye-bye, much like FC Juarez did from Leagues Cup. Anyway, speaking of which, a seamless oh, wow. transition. We already did a getting-to-know FC Juarez pod, but I still want to go into it just a little bit. Now, FC Juarez is a team that plays, obviously, in Liga Amekis. Los Bravos, the Braves. This is a team that doesn't have a lot of history in Liga Amekis, mainly because they've only been around since May of 2015, and they have not been very good. But they have a new head coach, 39-year-old Diego Mejia, which he basically trotted off of the pitch and into a suit to manage teams. He uh, He's done a pretty good job with FC Juarez. This season thus far in Liga Amekis, They've won two games, they've tied one, and they've lost zero. They tied Tigres, a champion in our Campeones Cup uh, opponent in September. Check your credit cards, by the way, because that money went out the door already into the coffers of LAFC. Uh, they beat uh, Club America 2-1, to one, and they absolutely thrashed Toluca. This is a team that in three games has scored seven goals, but they've also allowed four. So a pretty darn good team. Now, last season in the Clausura and the Apertura, look, between the two, between the two um, parts of the season, they only won four games. For those that don't know, and I know there's part of some members of the millions and millions that don't know Liga Mekis, they don't run a fully third 34 game season like from start to finish. They break it down into what's called the Clausura and the Apertura, 17 games per. So it's basically two seasons where two champions are crowned. Uh, Pachuca was a recent one, and so is Tigres. Pachuca played Tigres. Tigres beat them. That's why we're playing the champion of Liga Mekis in the Campeones Cup. So a little bit about that. Now, Panda, yes. uh, we had a bye in the League's Cup, mainly because we did what last season? Well, we won the MLS Cup trophy. Hey, there you go. I'm going to be putting you on the spot quite a bit. Defender, she knows her stuff. She's been to more games. Are you going to quiz me? 
Uh, yeah, we're going to have pop quizzes with Panda <laughs> moving forward. Oh, now, good. I'm glad I paid attention and did not drink all the wine that was in my section. And yeah, it was yeah, sangria, wine. You didn't take any <laughs> shots. Well, that's because Nina wasn't there. Typically, when you're with Nina, she uh, the shots are a plethora. And my it- toxic twin was not there to egg me on into <laughs> debauchery. So we are being fueled by sangria and Red Bull this evening. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's talk really quickly about all right. So LAFC had a buy because they won, so they went automatically to the round of 32. Uh, FC Juarez did not have that luxury. They had to go through the group stages. And in their group, they had the likes of Mazatlan and Austin. Yes, that's right. The fighting, flaming, fiery broccolis. I don't know. I don't know why I went that way. Fiery, flaming. I was just thinking like Texas hot sauce south of the border. I don't know where my head went. The fighting broccolis of Austin. FC broccoli. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That so awful. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Well, not good. Uh, and Please co- move on. And coming from my wife, it, it kind of affects my confidence. You <laughs> should be used to it by now. <laughs> Ooh. All right. So FC Juarez got here by way of being second in the group stage that they were in. So they had a really tough outing against Mazatlan, not scoring any goals in that game. An own goal by Mazatlan brought the game to a draw. And in League's Cup, there is no extra time. It's just straight PKs. And Mazatlan beat FC Juarez uh, 4-2 in PKs. So they started their first match out with a loss. But then they turned things around and absolutely put the shebang-bang on Austin Three to one. Absolutely wrecked Austin. And Austin, they're finding their way around. Uh, they just lost Diego Fagundes, by the way, to, to Carson, which was a, a surprise. Carson obviously has restrictions on them, but they're allowed to bring in local domestic players. Uh, but I could not believe how badly SC Juarez beat. You know, fifth place, pretty decent Austin team. So that's the story there. Now, the players to watch, I just want to re- re- remind you, Players to watch for Scarf, he had he had Aitor Garcia, the, the kid from Spain who uh, has found himself a home in Liga Mekis who's done well. My player to watch was Sebastian Salcedo, the kid from the Valley and RSL. For LAFC, Scarf had Kellen Acosta as a player to watch, and I had Carlos Vela. And I would say I think we did pretty well. So yes, let us get into the game. Panda, we're going to go into the starting lineups. Um, uh, I'm going to start things off with the starting lineup for FC Juarez. And then if you would be so kind as to take my normal role, which is announcing the starting lineup for LAFC. How's that sound? I guess. I mean, it took you 30 minutes to get here. This is insane. Well, we had news to catch up on. (laughs) I mean, we had news to catch up on, Panda. I was going to call you Scarf. It was just kind of (laughs) weird. So I'm going to give out the uh, FC Juarez lineup, and then you give it for the black and gold. And, uh, yeah, there's plenty to talk about, but we're not going to go minute to minute. All right. No, we are absolutely not. I do not have minute to minute in me at this point at 1.52 in the morning. So The only thing in me right now is Red Bull. So I'm glad that you're fiery and feisty right now. All right. Let's go. So uh, so uh, Mejia lined up his FC Juarez team in a 4-4-1-1 as per the stats. So in between the pipes, Ramon Pascal, um, he's starting the young kid, the captain, the 40 year old keeper. He did the Televaro. He did not make an appearance, nor did we think he would. But uh, Pascal was in there and we could say that he did not have a very good performance. Backline Aldo Cruz on loan from Athletic San Luis. 
played at Tijuana for Cholos, played at Tigres. He was a La Liga Mexi. I'm sorry, an MX under 22 player. His line mates, Oscar Ortega, who had played with Toluca and had a cap with Mexico, was there. We had Jose Garcia, who had played at some point with Atlante. Uh, Luis Rodriguez, arguably their best player. He played with Tigres and was on the team when LAFC competed against them and lost the CCL final in 2019. Had 177 appearances with Tigres. 38 caps with El Tree, which is amazing, and a 2019 CONCACAF gold medal finalist as a result of his time with El Tri. Uh, moving along, my player to watch, Sebastian Salcedo from the beautiful San Fernando Valley. 26-year-old midfielder, the eighth homegrown player signed out of really salty lake. He uh, played 83 times he featured and uh, had five goals. Also featured with Pumas and Toluca and Liga Mekis. And he's been a part of the U.S. U18, U20, U23, as well as dual citizenship, uh, El Tri's U20. You had Javier Salas. Is another pretty solid player. Won 2018 Copa MX with Cruz Azul. Won 2019 Leagues Cup, at least some rendition of it, before this new thing came about, uh, with Cruz Azul beating Tigres. He was a Liga Amekis All-Star in 2021, and he was the uh, arguably the most valuable player on this starting lineup in terms of that transfer market value, if you believe in that. Uh, next up, Denzel Garcia, 19-year-old kid. His entire senior career has been with Juarez, but at 19 years old, what can you say about an entire life anyway? It hasn't been much. Uh, Diego Chavez played in Peru, uh, played in Salamanca, Spain, Toluca, Necaxa, Veracruz, and uh, loaned out to Juarez. You had Angel Zapata, 22 years old, on loan from Monterrey. You and I had some time in Monterrey, and we went to Estadio BBVA, the site of a World Cup match or two. Gorgeous place. Uh, and then Aitor Garcia, 29-year-old winger, bounced around a lot of clubs, eight or so, before getting to Juarez. He was playing in Spain prior with Sporting Guillon, and that is a player that started to really kick things into gear. For his own career and, of course, for FC Juarez. So that is the starting lineup for FC Juarez. Panda, give it to us for LASC. All right. So our starting 11 was pretty much how I would expect it to be if we were going to go out and really fight for a win tonight. It was, of course, our old reliable John McCarthy in between the pipes. Super exciting to see him there again. And we'll talk about who was going to be backing him up in just a moment. Um, but then, of course, on our back line, we had Ryan Hollingshead, who sports a mustache sometimes. Aaron Long, who U.S. men's national team uh, attendee from time to time. <laughs> Giorgio Chiellini, who probably likes pasta, I would assume, and Diego Palacios, who, well, sometimes has a temper. Uh, you, you were giving info about all the other players. I thought I would do the same with LAFC. Well, it's kind of presumptuous for <laughs> you to assume that Chiellini likes uh, hey, pasta. Hey. He likes espresso. That we know for a fact. All right. In the midfield, we had the always dressed to impress Kellen Acosta, the nicest man on the team, Ilya Sanchez, and then who I feel deserves to be in the midfield where he belongs, Matus Bogush holding it down there. Now, up front, of course, in our attacking positions, we've got the one, the only, Denny Bowanga. 
Love Cowabonga seeing you there. And boy, did he come through for us tonight. Can't wait to talk about it. We had on the other side, we had Sipe Buke, which I'm still trying to think of something clever to say about him. So please give me something in this next podcast. If I'm ever allowed back. The chaos causing Croatian. Sure. Sure. He needs to do that, though, for me to actually say (laughs) that. So although, I mean, he didn't. Tonight was fine. Tonight was fine. Let's just say that. And then, of course, Captain, oh, Captain, Carlos Vela holding it down. Oh, so good to have 2019 Vela back. And some key notations I would like to mention in our subs, of course, are Maxime Capro. We, oh, give it, give him applause. Give him applause. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. Who did not tear up just a little bit seeing his name down there as a sub? That just means he is finally healthy enough to come in if we needed him. I was so excited to see that. Thankfully, we did not need him, but I love that he is available if we are needing to. So, of course, Maldonado's back there, Mamadou Fall, uh, Chrysostomo, Duaneus, Torres, <sighs> Spicy Hot Sauce, Nathan Ordaz. I can't wait to yeah. talk about that. Uh, that's something me and Nina talk about on when we were talking about Monterey. Spicy Hot Ordaz. All, all right. Uh, so Rome, like you know that kind of goes in with my like my broccoli comment. You think about sure, hot sauce. Sure, yeah, we boy did we reaching whatever. Reaching Anyways, Romero and another key notation on our sub list. We have the return of Sergey Palencia. Sergey Palencia. That deserves, of course, an applause as well. Because if you guys know, he was hurt back when we played Leon. Nasty injury, deservedly so. Got carried off the pitch. And then walked himself off, <laughs> unlike the other players who I think got carried off and then, I don't know, went back and played. But either way, good to see him back in the lineup, and we would actually see him feature. Now, two key notations that were not subs or in the starting 11 were, of course, Mario Gonzalez and Philippe. Uh, was it Krastev? Krastev. And that is obviously because of what we talked about earlier P1 visas, we're still waiting on those, and those are what are going to allow players that are not U.S. citizens to come over here and actually play. So once those go through and they say, hey, you're ready to go, then we will see them out on that pitch, no doubt. But tonight, we would not see them. Nope, we would not see them. So in case you were wondering, that is the reason. Now, let's get into the game. Couple Attendance didn't look so good. Starting things off, I get it's L.A., I get it's midweek, I get it's 730, but... They were all looking for parking. (laughs) When they (laughs) announced towards the end of the game that attendance was 22,041, I I, might have belted a, yeah, right, comment. It it did not look like 22,000 were in there. I get the metric, I get why they do it. I have a thought about that. I mean, you have to think that maybe just like season ticket holders that those tickets just slipped into their DMs, you know, like automatically. They probably were just like anticipating all of those just being part of it. And a lot of those people didn't show up. We had a big hole in Founders Club where people that normally would come that have season tickets, they were not there. And I get it. Well, Wednesday night game, you know, round of 16, I, you know, or 32. I don't know where, well, we're there now. Now we're in the round of 16. (laughs) Preemptively saying, sorry. You know what? I was thinking about the women's world cup. (laughs) We're in the round of 16. So brain fart. Um, But either way, you know, I think a lot of factors played into that. 
But, you know, you, were, you said that at the, you wrote this note at the beginning of it. People show up late. Again, people were parking in weird spots today and they had to walk a long way. So if you're getting off work at five, getting to the game, you know, 637, looking for parking, they probably barely made it, you know, into the game by kickoff. Yep. But you know what could have been fixed? Ah, you had the biggest pet peeve about this. I don't know for those of you who watched the game at home on your Apple TV, how much of the uh, pregame festivities you got to see, but this wasn't an LAFC run event because typically those run smoothly unless Ali's trying to evade and escape the building. But this entire game day presentation was run by the folks uh, running League's Cup. And so one thing that you were really ticked off about was, well, the little center pitch logo that the uh, Listen, group of kids try to fix. We sit in Founders Club, very elevated, see the whole pitch, and we're very we're dead center. Like literally the, the line in the middle of the pitch could run all the way straight up and it would separate our two seats. We're literally dead center. So every time they bring out that LAFC logo for MLS games... I can tell if it's straight or not. And they do a good job now, but for a while they weren't getting it right. I'm like, if you're on the end and you're holding it, stand in the middle and you'll be center. So then they brought the league's cup out tonight. And that thing was like, Mm. it was twisted. Like, I don't know, a good 10 degrees. And it was so Mm. obvious. And I'm just like, did they not have a point man on that? Did they not have someone who's like, you are the center person. This is you. You stand at the center of the pitch. Everyone rotate around. I don't know what's going on. And I saw that. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, I hope this is a good or like not a bad sign. I hope this is not indicative of like how wonky this game is going to go as wonky as this center pitch like logo thing. But I know it's not a big deal, but it certainly bothered me. Enough to put it in the notes. Something that bothered you as the game started. Oh. So normally the pregame ritual of the flight of the Falcon is something we always look forward to. And Ali wasn't as temperamental this time around as she has been Thank in the God. past. But 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 Ali, <laughs> Ali wasn't the only bird of prey. Well, these aren't birds of prey, but it wasn't, let's put it this way, the only flying creature I, I don't know what else I can say that was on the pitch today because for the first several minutes of this game, had a tough time focusing because Panda, we had a pitch invader. And I'm not talking about the kind of pitch invader that runs in streaks onto the pitch. We had a pitch invader. Yeah, it was certainly not Ollie, but what I would like to dub Polly. <laughs> okay. So Polly the pigeon. I don't know if maybe maybe I'm gonna say it or they because I don't want to misgender this bird and upset some bird aficionados, but Polly, I think, got inspired by Ollie and was like, hey, I can do that and got up and was flying around for a minute. And I'm like, oh, it's going to fly out. But no, this pigeon just plopped itself right in the middle of the pitch and stayed there. (laughs) And I will tell you, my anxiety level was so high because, one, we do not need a Randy Johnson like circa what was that? 90s, 2000s? I don't know. Yeah, event. YouTube that Randy Johnson pigeon. You're going to see some stuff explode. It was wild. I did not need to see that. Um, also, I was terrified Ollie was going to look at it as prey and like try to attack it. Yum, yum. 
like there were so many things going through my head and I was like, oh gosh, somebody's going to run over this poor pigeon. This pigeon's going to get squashed in the middle of the pitch because it wasn't moving. It wasn't afraid of anything. And they kept showing it on the big screen. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like my, I cannot. I said, if this goes on much longer, I'm going to have to leave and I just need to know if the pigeon's okay. And a few close calls. One of the FC Juarez guys did have to like hop over Polly for a minute. <laughs> and I was like, maybe Polly. that like messed them up. It like totally like like disjointed their defense for a second. I don't know. But at one moment, it did fly around a couple times and landed right back in the same spot. Like they did this like three times. But at one moment, it was off to the side. And one of the FC Juarez guys kind of walked over to it and like scooted it off <laughs> with his foot. And it went over and it just plopped itself right down pitch side right in front of the sign out of the way happily and it had the best view of the game the entire night and that thing stayed there until well after Shalala was sung we could see it i have pictures of it you could see its little bird silhouette every time that the screen was a light color and i was just like i was so clued in on this poor pigeon and i don't know polly you may be our good luck pigeon now because wow. Yeah, Polly <laughs> the way this back. game went, I think we need to bring Polly back because, yeah, it went well. If it didn't go well, I don't know what would have happened to Polly, but Polly is welcome to stay, yep. in my opinion. So, a lot of interesting things happened today. A lot of records were broken, and I'm going to spare you the commentary on the first 30 minutes of this game. It was a little back and forth. It seemed as if LAFC was far more of a threat early on than FC Juarez was. And we've got a lot, a lot of goals to highlight, so we're not going to do the traditional minute-by-minute thing. Please don't. All right, I won't. (laughs) Please do not. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. And Uh, so do the millions. And millions. All right. I like what you did there. Uh, (laughs) 31st minute. We waited 31 minutes. Uh, with 10 or so nerve-wracking ones with the pigeon, with Polly on the pitch, uh, until we started seeing anything. Uh, off of a set piece, LAFC finally capitalizes. You got Carlitos with the corner. It bounced off of either, I didn't know if it was Ilya, Max said it on the broadcast or any of the FC Juarez players, but the ball landed directly in front of Kellen Acosta, and Kellen Acosta winded up and let one absolutely rip, and it just happened to bounce off of the back of Ryan Hollingshead, past the keeper, Pascal, and 31 minutes, LAFC was threatening several times up to this point, but one to nothing, Panda. One to nothing, 31 minutes in the game. Yeah, what a pinball sort of moment that happened there. Nothing the keeper could do on that. And yeah, I mean, hey, let's start this off the way that we love to start off these games with a lead. We were back, baby. We were back and we couldn't have been happier. And you know what? We didn't have to wait much longer for this next goal because in the 33rd minute, we're going to see Palacios. He's going to get the ball into Bogush in the box. Now, his shot gets deflected, and the keeper, Pascal, he does punch it. I I can't say in the air because he kind of like, I don't know, he did this weird motion where it kind of like threw it down on the ground, it bounced up, and it lands right to the person that we all want it to land to, which is, of course, Carlos Vela. And Carlos does what Carlos does and bounces it off the chest. It never hits the ground. He goes for the shot with 
without a thought, and it just bounces right over into the keeper's net, who was not ready at all for that. I don't think any of us were ready for it. Did they even announce the goal at that point? I, I don't even know if we <laughs> did like a, you know, the in the 31st minute, you've got a goal scored by. I never even heard that. And then we went right to Vela. We we get a goal scored right before the goal uh, right before a goal scored. I mean that's that's exactly what you want out of LAFC. We know they can find the back of the net, but it's great to have Carlos get in there and score a goal. It was a beauty. And at this point, I'm feeling you know pretty good about myself. Scarf said Kellen Acosta was going to be a player to watch, which he was. He did get yeah. credited for the assist, but quite honestly, if he didn't fire up and get that shot, it would have never bounced off. Well, of I mean, yeah, that, that, that play, that goal never happens without him taking that shot and, and putting it right on target. I mean, without Hollingshead there, I think it still would have gone in, but it would have had a better chance of being saved because it would have been more of a direct shot. But Hollingshead being there right at the right point to just deflect it in, I mean, made that pretty much impossible. Yep. And on that, you could have been that's that was an all she wrote thing but we're not gonna it wasn't we're not gonna talk about the first half anymore we had a minute of injury time and, and fc juarez was certainly milking the heck out of an injury uh plenty of time wasting vying for contact in the box that was horse poop nothing there uh i, I love it when when people cry in the box can we box. call it pigeon poop yeah yeah we'll call it pigeon poop that's right <laughs> pigeon c pcs i i don't know no. so let me go really quickly into the stats uh to close out the first half uh, it was it was an LAFC dominated affair. They had twelve shots to FC Juarez's four. They had three shots on target. FC Juarez had one. Uh, LAFC scored two goals off of three shots on target, which is a phenomenal thing. They had six shots inside the box, six shots outside of the box. All of FC Juarez's shots were outside of the box, which obviously lends credence and kudos to the back line yes. so that was a pretty darn cool thing so going into that locker room up to nothing awesome and halftime i gotta say was a real treat for panda and i because we got to meet rexham you don't know what rexham is <laughs> it's it's the show think of the show there's a show by rob McElhenney and ryan reynolds where they this is a true story they bought a club in the national league the fifth tier of the english football pyramid in a town called rexham and it's the story about how they built it up and rexham got promoted they won a national cup they've been touring the united states but anyway we got to meet their star player super Paul Mullen and Panda, he looked well despite having had a nasty incident with Manchester United's goalkeeper, Nathan Bishop, down at Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego. Uh, that incident led to, a, to a, a punctured lung, but Paul Mullen was certainly in good spirits today. He looked good. He wasn't able to fly anywhere because I guess you'd be able to better equip the I mean, millions yeah, just, with just, this info. But Just the pressure and yeah. everything and, and the lungs. You just need to be fully healed. You don't want any risk of a collapsed lung in that situation. So, I mean, what better place to rehab something like that? Uh, actually, I did mention this to him. I was like, you know, LA is a great place to have to like stay until you're, you know, well, there's so many places that you could be that would not be great. And he's like, yeah, like North Carolina. And I guess <laughs> they mentioned that because I, they played in, uh, was it Charlotte FC stadium um... for Chelsea? Maybe I believe that, that's that part where it was. I don't know. They played in in the Carolinas, and he just talked about the humidity and how hot it was. And I'm sure in Wales they are not used to that kind of weather. So again, coming to LA and getting to rehab and come to an LAFC game that had to be quite the treat, or at least kind of helped ease a little bit of the pain that he was having from having a punctured lung and having a, a 
stupid United guy kick him when he shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, punctured lung. I mean, he didn't even get carried off on a stretcher. He just walked off with like like an oxygen mask. I mean, Paul Mullen is as tough as they get, and they they build him tough where he's from. I think he's from Liverpool, if I'm not mistaken. But Super Paul Mullen, we are we're a fan of you now that we know each other. We know you're going to be a big fan of Defenders of the Bank, and you're going to listen to us for here on out, going forward, forever and ever. We love you. He did say that once his time in England is up within the next four years, is what he said. He'd love to come to MLS. So hey, John, Larry. I don't know if Super Paul Mullen could score as consistently as he can for the next couple of years. Hey, you know, it's a thought. Let's maybe do get, it. He's, he maybe get him on targeted allocation money. Let's go. But it was fun. And he was clearly a lot happier to take a photo with Panda than me. I posted on the social media. He was, you know, eh, eh. but with Panda, he's like, ah, smiling. Anyways, moving on to the second half. Let's get into that because, well, that didn't take long either, did it? No, well, first and foremost, uh, SC Juarez and Diego Mejia making a couple of substitutions. Uh, Sebastian Perez uh, Bouquet came into the match, and he's a player who actually started a couple of the matches within League's Cup. He replaces Denzel Garcia. And then uh, a player that Scarf and I talked about during our getting to know SC Juarez, Amaria Scotto comes into the game replacing Diego Chavez and... Well, it didn't take long for Juarez to get into this game. A couple of minutes, and there's that guy, Escoto, we just talked about. This time, off of a set piece in the 47th minute, the kid from the Valley himself, Sebastian Saucedo, there to take the corner. Corner ball gets up in the air, one bounce, and then another ball gets headed off of Salas. And then Amari Escoto was there to strike it, and it was bad man marking by LAFC. That enabled this play to develop, and... How Escoto was able to get that clean of a look. How the ball managed to bounce pinball off of a couple of people with no LAFC players there to break things up. Puts us in a very precarious position. Now it's 2-1 to one in a very dangerous score. I mean, yeah, they always say 2-0 to nil is the most dangerous league league, league lead in this game. And it is because, you know, you feel good and you, you might let your guard down a little bit. But then one goal, it all it does is take that lead, cut it in half, and change the momentum for a lot of teams. But thankfully, that would not be the case in this game. That was just an unfortunate incident where hopefully they learned from it and uh, and and can move forward from that. But yes, that was terrible man marking. I think Ilya was the only guy where there were three FC Juarez guys around him. Like, how do you allow them to do that? How do you allow them to have that many people right in front of the net? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Escoto had a clean look and there was nothing that McCarthy could have done about it. He was positioned in whatever way he could. I mean, it was just a nice, clean, clear look and, I mean, finds the back of the net. So now it's it's two to one. But uh, goal giveth and goal taketh. And like you said earlier, football can be a cruel mistress because just as FC Juarez thought, we're getting ourselves back into this game. No <laughs> lightning struck them. <laughs> not once, not twice, not three, not four. We'll continue on with that. But 52nd minute. This is when you got the gate, the flood open, bawoosh, deflection and passing from the midfield, led the ball, la pelota, getting it into the feet of Carlos Vela, who gets it into Kellen Acosta. Acosta with a brilliant pass to Hollingshead, a little give and go back to Acosta. He sticks with it, despite S.C. Juarez doing what they can to thwart that effort. Kellen crosses it 
into the box, into Danny Buanga, who heads it right into the mittens of Ramon Pascal. Uh, and that ball, he doesn't catch it. And this is something that Pascal should have done earlier on. That's what put him in a bad position. You figure, yo, history repeats itself, buddy. You need to catch the ball, prevent any kind of ricochets or rebounds from happening. That's exactly what happens. Ball comes in front of Danny Buanga, who absolutely smashed the stitch said Stitch, out of the ball and gets LAFC's third goal of the game. And I'm jovial. Three to one because I'm feeling like a prophet. I said last night that this game would be three to one. And uh, Kellen having a nice impact. And uh, yeah, Scarf and I are starting to look like brainiacs on One More Sleep, Panda. Yes, yes, you are. And at this point, I mean, I wasn't sure how this game was going to go. I thought three one sounded like a great scoreline for this game. And at that moment, I mean... It's what the 52nd minute we still have 40 minutes to go. And I'm thinking, all right, is this, is this going to hold? Is it going to be more of a scarf line, which was three, two, like, I can't imagine, you know, it's going to go more than that, but wow. I'm pretty sure uh, we're about to uh, make you guys uh, both look real silly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see Juarez did threaten at one point in the 56. There's a shot. J Mac, uh, like it bounced. It looked like J Mac, didn't touch it. At one point, Essie Juarez is lining up for a corner, and we're all booing like crazy in BMO Stadium. Unfortunately, the ref did something that we don't see often. He retracted it, realized that it was a bad call. Yes. Now, 59th minute, we get another sub for FC Juarez. Mario Osuna replaces Javier Salas. Uh, Diego Mejia doing what he could to put fresh legs in. And then uh, moments later, Moments later, in the 61st minute, a golazo, golazo mio from outside of the box. Yes. Fantastic ball movement and passing by LAFC. You had Hollingshead in the Buke, Buke in Ilya Sanchez, Sanchez in the Carlos, and boom, a jaw dropper. Aldo Cruz and SC Juarez trying to do what he can to make a tackle, but we had some vintage Vela vengeance time baby the second in the game for carlitos and lafc's fourth goal of the game and as our good friend max bredos on the broadcast said he got it in zona de vela and booyah baby a carlos vela golazo listen you see shots like this every once in a while and you don't even realize that they have gone in i mean i think it took i felt like the stadium took at least a good second to two to react to that because I think we were all, I think our jaws just dropped and hit our ankles, as you like to say in your broadcast, like cartoon style, like Whoa. eyes bugging out, jaw dropping, like, holy crap, did that just happen? And I don't know why we were all surprised. That is exactly what 2019 Vintage Vela did time after time after time again. And to see him back on the pitch doing what we all know he can do so well with that magical left foot. I mean, I really, I felt like everybody just stopped and just, it was in slow motion. It just, it went right into the top bins. Nothing the keeper, any keeper on any level is ever going to be able to save that shot. And whew, somebody is feeling themselves right now. Let me tell you, we are now up four to one. Uh, messy. Ooh. Uh, Until proven otherwise, as far as I'm concerned, the go to Major League Soccer since 2018. Carlos Vela. I'm sorry. Carlos Vela is the man. Yeah, we could argue that there's other players that have had better seasons. But 2019, whoa. Like I said, some vintage Vela vengeance in there. And um, I'm about to sound 
like an infomercial. Billy Mays here uh, with, uh, but wait, there's more. And by more, do I mean more action, Panda? I don't know. Uh, do I mean more punishment for FC Juarez, Panda? Maybe. Do I mean more goals by Denny Buanga, Panda? That seems like a, a pretty solid option. Do I mean more goals, period? I'm going to go with all of the above. All right, all right. So before <laughs> we move on, LAFC making their first substitutions right around the time that Steve kind of makes them. 64th minute, we have Daniil Maldonado replacing Giorgio Chiellini. And you said it while we were hanging out uh, together in Founders Club. I mean, anytime Giorgio's out there, just the, the way he passes, even at a shot attempt, which is uncharacteristic of him in the first half, I mean, he plays with such purpose and precision. Well, uh, it's just such intentionality. Anytime it, yeah. he goes for a ball, whether it's a, a header or some kind of defensive play, it's like he already knows what he's going to do with that ball before he even gets to it. He doesn't just go up for a header to just try to win the ball and hope it falls to the feet of one of his um, teammates. He literally has such intentionality on the ball and he knows before he even goes up for that, where it's going to go or who he's going to be aiming at. And he's just so good. I mean, his soccer IQ out there is just, I just something I don't and will never understand. But when you see it, you just, it makes sense. You understand like that guy knows exactly what he's doing. He's not just an athletic mind out there. He is, he is so smart and such a joy to watch play and just always smiling. And he's just so nice on top of it. Like it's not stressed. Stop. Why are you all the things at once? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I love me some kids. <laughs> all righty. So, um, Subs, I, I mentioned uh, Chiellini came out. And then Stipe Buke out, in comes Eric Duenas. So that's the subs for LAFC. And then just a couple of minutes later, I mean, the, the hits just keep on coming for Messi Juarez. I, they, they played as valiantly as they could, but LAFC was just too much today. 66-minute, uh, Vela gets the ball in traffic and has, geez, a terrific freaking pass to Denny Buanga, who's coming off on the side on an angle, and it's just him and Pascal, and we got a Buyaka Buanga. Oh, my God. His second goal of the match. It's 5-1, to one, and they wanted to review it. It looked like he might have been offside, but then the review... He lifted the flag. Yeah, the, the flag they, came yeah, up. The flag came up, but they played through as they should, and they, I, they didn't even, like technically review it it was all in his ear it wasn't it wasn't a var let me go look at it it was a they told me in the booth that it was okay and pointed goal so it was easy we saw it i always play the replays back on my phone in the stands from which apple tv for, which i love that's the fantastic thing about mls season pass is being able pass. to go right back to it because sometimes it's a little behind so if you see something happen in the moment and you get on your phone, you get to see it happen real time again and hear what the uh, actual announcers are saying as well. And they said, you know, he looks onside like that. That uh, that's going to be. Yeah, they should definitely let that goal stand. And they did. And now we have what What are we at? Five one now. Bella gets credit <laughs> for the assist and Buanga gets the bash. But a slightly disheartening moment and aspect occurred. Uh, Carlos Vela ended up go walking back to the locker room. Don't know what it was, what happened. 
Was it a thigh, a hammy, a quad? I, I don't know. I don't speculate on things. I mean, it looked like something definitely soft tissue related in the upper leg area. So not another lower extremity thing that oh, we would see. Because sick of that. Expression. So tired of seeing lower extremity on the injury report. But it looked like something, like you said, maybe a quad, maybe a hamstring, something soft tissue related. Hopefully it was only precautionary on uh, on Vela's term. Like he said in his press conference, you know, if he's not 100%, he's going to let them know. And I think he's doing everything he can to avoid kind of maybe spiraling from something. So he feels a tweak. He knows at this moment in the game, he is not absolutely pertinent to this. And there's no way, you know, that this is probably going to come back and get him. So why not say, hey, let someone else needs to come in. And he did walk off on his own accord. Yep. He wasn't even limping. Yep. He looked like he was just, you know, let's go back. Let's just maybe, uh, you know, rub this out a little bit. Maybe uh, stop <laughs> get, it. Get, get, stop giggity. it. I, I thought about what I was saying in that moment, and I could not think of anything else, and I just went with it. You'd like to call me a child. I <sighs> made a child joke. I tee-hee-giggity-ed it. Either way, hopefully they went back and uh, took care of Ayla, however you want me to interpret that. And uh, hopefully it's nothing that's going to be long-term and it was just precautionary. But guess what we did get to see in his place? Uh, yeah, in comes Nathan Ordaz and what a night he would have in store for him. A yeah. uh, couple, I mean, FC Juarez continuing to make some subs in the 69th and the 68th. Uh, Santiago Armenio coming in for Aldo Cruz. Uh, and then we have uh, Augustin Orzi replacing my player to watch, Sebastian Saucedo, the kid from RSL, the eighth homegrown player in RSL, the kid from the Valley, the kid that I thought would have an impact on this game. Uh, and he did, actually, because, I mean, their first goal really did come off of his corner kick. So he did have an impact, but not from actually putting one in the back of the net himself. Uh, 70th minute, we had an absolutely wonderful, phenomenally fantastic <laughs> save of the match by John McCarthy that came off what could have been a superbly, phenomenally, freaking fantastic attempt. By Art Itor Garcia. That shot that Garcia took from outside of the box. What uh, an effing alliteration just now. Oh, I mean, I'm kind of <laughs> known for those things, I guess. I mean, I didn't purposely, I don't purposely do them. I, Vela de, de, de Vengeance Vintage. You do is, them on purpose. I know right, you do. Fine. Come on. All let's right. just be, uh, who, I'm going to call you out. Maybe no one else will, but I'm going to call you out. Whatever. But Anyways. I mean, the, the attempt by Garcia was, well, that was world class. Had that gone in, Nobody would have said anything, but John McCarthy gets his paws on it, making a fantastic save. He would end the match making four saves, not keeping the clean sheet, not mainly, not even because of his fault, but what a freaking save. I mean, that was a fantastic goal, and I love it when there's an even more fantastic save behind it. So definitely got to see that, and definitely, uh, you know, McCarthy out there kind of like showing himself off a little, saying, I know Maxime is on the bench, and uh, I'm still the guy to be in the pipes, and I'm going to keep proving to you that I deserve to be here, and he did that definitely with that save. What is he, Super Mario? What do you mean, in the pipes? Between the pipes. I mean, then I'm it's like, me, Mario. It's me, Mario. Which, which, by, bloop, the, bloop, bloop. which, which by the way, is it is it August the 3rd? It is. You know what that means? It's been August the 3rd for almost three hours. Oh, what are you talking Jesus about? Jesus Christ. This is a lot longer than I anticipated. This is Come start on, keep going. All right, go. all right. Let's I just go. wanted to say I'm really excited. August 3rd, if you have Peacock, Super Mario Brothers is streaming on Peacock. I'm going to watch that. Actually, no, we got a game to watch more. Anyways, I I, I digress. Um, 75th minute. 
I would have imagined there would have been a bigger round of applause. I guess there's plenty of people there that don't normally go there that don't know LFC. And the reason I bring that up is because Ryan Hollingshead's about to come out of the game and in for the first time in a couple of weeks, Sergey Palencia. I'm giving you a round of applause that was missing in Founders Club. Yes, 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 yes. Super excited, like I said at the beginning, to see him in the game. Glad he's doing well. And uh, yeah. It was fun. All right. Moving along. 77th minute. Duenas feeds Chiqui Palacios. Chiqui making his moves in the box and gets fouled by former Tigres defender Luis Hernandez. And no question about the foul. Was a little worried because Chiqui looked like he was banged up a little bit. But he got up, thank God. And now we're 11 meters slash 12 yards, whichever unit of measure you like to utilize, from our sixth goal. And it's Denny versus Pascal. And he absolutely crushes it for the Hattie. Hat trick Denny. Denny the Hat, Dennis the Mad Hatter, IDK. Either way, six to one LAFC. Denny Buanga loves competing in these international tournaments. I mean, I feel like he continues to pile up on the hat tricks. He did so in Champions League. And that is how you take a PK. He stepped up, no games, no little like stutter steps, no trying. He smashed it so hard. It didn't matter if the keeper guessed correctly. He had no chance whatsoever because that ball was like on an express train into like the next city by the time that guy was able to even get into the direction of that ball. It was incredible. You love to see it. Ugh. Loved it. Yep, Denny with another hat trick. And at this point, six to one defenders were hovering around history. And I want to give a big Big defenders of the bank. Shout out to our friend Golden Ricky 3252. You created a post, you tagged us on it, and I love you for it because it's like our uh, our mental wavelengths connected together. Because I'm <laughs> wondering this, and all of a sudden I see mentioned in your story. I'm like, yes, I love it. Um, we had a couple of occasions where LASC has hit the six goal mark and Panda, as I take a sip of this water and as you spill that Red Bull, uh, why don't you tell the millions and millions the scores in the games that we're referring to that Golden Ricky 3252 went out there, researched and posted? All right. So this is how it breaks down. And it goes from six goals and the less margin of victory to the most. So back on 718 in 2020 versus Carson during the COVID Cup, if you all remember that, we threw up six goals onto there. <laughs> we two. threw up. We th- well, they they probably threw up afterwards. <laughs> we put up six goals to there too. So margin of victory four there. And then on 7 6 2019 versus Vancouver, we put up six goals to there one. So a five goal margin of victory. And then 923 of 2020, shortly after that, uh, that galaxy puking, uh, versus Vancouver, we put up six goals with a six goal margin of victory. And then of course, today we had another six goal margin of victory, but we put up a record number seven goals. Count them seven. That is a touchdown. If you are an NFL fan, we scored a touchdown against FC Juarez. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> uh, that's certainly what happened, man. It, it's amazing how much we crap on the Vancouver White Caps. Uh, <laughs> the White Craps. The white, yeah. So yeah. We took a white crap, didn't we, on them? <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, p- pigeon poo. And, and speaking of which, did the pigeon poo on the pitch? There's your alliteration for you. Did the pigeon poo on the pitch? What happens Panda? next, Panda? <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess uh, in the 89th minute, at one point, Denny was eyeing his fourth. Pascal was way off his line as Denny nabs it, but 
He was able to fire it from outside the box, but it was headed out of danger by Juarez. And that was such an interesting play because there were three FC Juarez guys that were behind their actual keeper. And I mean, thank God they were because it would have easily been seven at that moment. But you know what? Six was not going to be enough for us. We were going to make it a touchdown, like I said. And I mean, come on. Let, I'm going to let you just tell the millions and millions how this all went down. This is a great game. And obviously we had a commanding performance by Carlos Vela, Denny Buanga. Kellen Acosta played himself a good game, but hands down, I would say the vast majority <laughs> for all of us, our favorite moment was about to happen in the 90th minute. Aaron Long sent a ball soaring that came down and either bounced off Duenas or an FC Juarez player. I, I couldn't tell, but the ball gets to Denny who had a beautiful forward pass to a sprinting Nathan Ordaz, who found himself in a breakaway with Pascal. Oh, my God. Pascal is just – he got clobbered today. And he launches a gorgeous, gorgeous shot. I mean, a veteran of this league, let alone any league, couldn't have done it any better. Nathan Ordaz, his first goal in the league's cup, his first goal at BMO. I mean, it was just his first goal period. If I'm not mistaken, it was absolutely phenomenal. <sighs> Take a bow. He was the player of the match Panda. And uh, you mentioned like the hot sauce references and all that. How did you feel when you witnessed the homegrown score a goal? I mean, if you are not like literally jumping on your seat, when you honestly, when you see him making that run, even you start to get excited and what a finish. Yeah. I mean, like you said, veterans, some veterans can't put that ball away in that situation. And for him to have the composure and just the, um, just the wherewithal to be able to take in that moment and put it right where it needed to be to score that goal. And I mean, let's be honest, when you've got a, a five goal lead at this point, I'm sure there's not as much pressure in that moment, but I still think he would have scored it no matter what. I mean, he is just a master class on being the guy that does take chances. And I think that's why so many people like him. He is not shy on the ball at all. He goes in there, he takes chances, he gets down and dirty. Me and Nina, like we said, we call him like our little spicy hot sauce, a little sriracha. He <laughs> is just so much fun to watch. And Man, like, I hope we see him for a long time to come in these situations and well-deserved man of the match. I see in the comments on Instagram, people like, oh, but Denny had a hat trick. Oh, but Vela. I'm like, do you guys not understand what man of the match means? Man of the match is not stats based. Stop it. Quit it. You know what this does? This gives a kid like him a moment in the limelight, a moment for him to relish what those guys feel, you know, whenever, you know, they do these amazing things. It gives them a little boost of confidence. It, it's, it's bigger than how many goals you score, who like performed the best of the best. Because let's be honest, if they would have walked up to Denny Bawanga and said, you're the man of the match, him being the guy that he is, he probably would have said, nah, bro. You give need the to scarf to Ordaz. Give it to Ordaz. He deserved it. He came in. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He wasn't on the pitch long enough to get a hat trick. He did the most with the time that he was given on the pitch and definitely deserved man of the match. So anybody out there hating on that, like, mm, get bent. too bad this is family friendly because I would have some words for you. Fair enough. Nathan Ordaz does score his first goal in all competitions and only the second LAFC Academy slash homegrown player to score a goal. That first being 
Christian Torres. Uh, and I didn't know this until like I did a little bit more homework, but he's now got a goal and an assist in his last two games at BMO Stadium. So he's certainly starting to come into his own. Um, we're, we, a lot of fun things happened, and uh, we got some really fun stats to uh, to go uh, and some fun historical things to talk I mean, about. We're what do you a- think about that bobblehead, Kane? Do you want to you want to hear some fun LAFC stats? What you're can hearing, you, if you can't can see, you is is bobblehead Kane. I'd rather see Hello Kitty. Uh, not to say that she won't make an appearance. She <laughs> might be sleeping. It is two thirty-five a.m. All right, LAFC. New club record with seven goals, which also happens to be the most by any team in the league's cup. That previous record, five, bump, cinco. It's seven, sieben, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete. Hey, there we go. That's what the story is. Do you really have to do that? Yeah, it's wow. League, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What other fun stats? Well, uh, League's Cup is the fourth different competition that yes. LAFC has actually played in this season, along with uh, the regular season, the Champions League, the Open Cup, now League's Cup. And, oh, my gosh, in each of these competitions, we've outscored our opponents 15 to 5. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe I like in the first game played of course in those but either way like we are we like competitions we do we Mm -hmm. we generally do well when we throw ourselves into them and i say that because of obviously the way open cup went but we do well in these i mean we made a fantastic run with champions league and now we're starting off league's cup definitely with a bang yeah that's for sure bowanga bang bowanga bang Booyah Kabonga. Yes. Yeah, that's that's it. I just I don't I can't do the Ali G snap. Anyways, uh, this is our first game back since July 15th, uh, span of 18 days. And in the 18 days prior to that, we played six freaking games. Oh my lord, did we need a break? Tell me LAFC needed a break without telling me LAFC needed a break. Come on. All the stupid noise out there on Twitter. People like, why are you guys complaining about playing so many? Because we did. We played a lot of games. And look what happens when we're rested. Like, seriously, we are the team that I feel like we were at the beginning of the season when we hadn't played 542 games already. Fair enough. Fair enough. Couple more fun facts for you before we start wrapping things up. Danny Buanga, fifth player to record a hat trick in the League's Cup this year. He joins Monterrey's Herman. Berterame as the only player in the tournament to score a hat trick and register an assist in the same game. Uh, Wanga, 22 goals in all competitions this season. Un freaking believable. Carlos Vela, two goals and an assist today. This was his third multi goal game of the year and the first time that he's had two goals and an assist since we beat the Galaxy on April 16th. For those that are saying, oh, Carlos Vela's finished, he's washed up, he should retire. Y'all, he scored a goal in three straight games in all competitions. He scored against St. Louis. He scored against Minnesota before this League's Cup even started. And this is the first time that he scored in three straight appearances um, this season, for that matter. And he's on a three-multi-game, three-multi-goal game season that he's having. Sorry, I screwed that up. Three-multi-goal game this season. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, Ryan Holling said, Score that goal in the 31st minute. His only only his second goal of the season. Uh, and first since April 16th when he scored against the Galaxy. Sergi Palencia coming in off the bench. 75th minute to replace Ryan Hollingshead. Haven't seen him since that second leg of the CONCACAF uh, Champions League June 4th. And now we are 14-0-3 when scoring first. And LAFC 
when facing Liga Amekis teams in official competitions. We are four, four, and oh, and that was a ton of stats, but a ton of things are going to happen on a day that you write history, scoring a touchdown. Panda, why don't you give us the final stats of the game? Paint that picture for us. <laughs> All right. So LAFC, we had seven goals, as we've mentioned, to FC Juarez one for shots. We had 20 and well, they had 18. They were trying to attack, but unfortunately they were not making it close to target. They only had five where we had 10. And as far as corners go, we had 10 and they had six. Fouls were pretty even, 22 fouls to 18. Yellow cards, one and one, we split those and thankfully no red cards. So honestly, it was pretty evenly matched in my opinion and they actually uh, had more of the possession i think it was like 52 to like 48 but let me just a little more i think they had 57 percent possession that yeah either way at the end of the day it's it's not how long you have the balls it's what you do with them (laughs) so if you don't do anything with them then really what what are you even doing so yeah, you really exactly. you got to do more than just, you know, like kick them around and, uh, you, you know, kicking around then. and and hold on to them. You really yeah, got to put them where they belong. And that huh. is in the back from- of the net. I don't what are you? T- t- what is happening over here? I mean, it's I'm talking. What are you- I am talking about soccer. Okay. I'm thinking about what any guy's thinking about at 2.40 in the morning. <gasps> Breakfast. Sleep. <laughs> yeah, that too. Believe me, most of the time right now, I am so far into the REM sleep stage of sleep in the fetal position that this is, uh, yeah, this is not what I'm normally used to. So there's no telling what this brain is going to pump out at this point. <laughs> do not capitalize uh, on that. It's just so weird being told what to do. Uh, anyways, um, defenders. You're used to it. Stop. No, I'm not. Defenders, we move on to the next round. Our our opponent is yet to be determined. By the time you listen to this, either you're going to be preparing for it, you are going to be awaiting it, you might uh, already know. So we are going to play the winner of RSL and Leon. That game will be tomorrow or today. I lost track. It's April. April. August the 3rd in the year 2023. At least so it's I got either going to be right. revenge or reunion at that point. Exactly. Huh? Re- revenge because it'll either be Leon and I would love to get, get back some, some vintage veil of vengeance there. That would be fantastic. Or we welcome back the prodigal son or sons, I should say. And that is Chicho Arango and Danny Musovsky, um as RSL might be our opponent. So we'll find out in, well, what? Not 24 hours, like what? We'll find out later today. We'll find out later today. <laughs> so keep an eye out on that game. It's obviously going to be on Apple TV. And hopefully by then we'll know what the deal is. And Scarf will, will be back. But I, I, I got to say, like Panda, I, I, you're my wife. And I'm not just saying this. Uh, I, I enjoy doing these things with you. And I am very blessed for a lot of reasons. But I'm very blessed in the sense that like I get to do this podcast stuff um and you're a supporter of it you you're you're there with me you're there next to me during the games you're there listening on the outside of the podcast you're producing some of them but this is the first time like we've had you on defenders which has just been me and you rather than me you and Ian. and i gotta tell you i had fun i hope you did too well that was very nice of you and the fact that it wasn't even written in your notes means it just (laughs) means so much more you actually said that from the heart and yeah it has been fun hopefully everybody out there has enjoyed this i know it's a little different and people don't like change 
People like things that they're it. used to. We fear it. So hopefully this was not scary at all. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I was actually available in many capacities to be able to do this because that's not always the case after no, games. Like I said <laughs> earlier, like out of necessity and proximity, that's how you got on here. Oh, not because I'm good at what I do. You're good at what you do. Jeez. Kaylin Kyle, you got your work cut out for you. I do not own that many pairs of heels. Sorry. Uh, well, maybe <laughs> if you had her job, you would. But anyway, uh, I, I digress. Defenders, we certainly hope you enjoyed this episode. We, we didn't know if a podcast was even going to come out because um, I didn't know what Scarf was going to do. But Scarf wanted us to do this pod and we wanted to honor him in that sense. And some somebody who also wanted to say something to Scarf because she loves him just as much as I do. Would you bring her out, Panda? I, I don't talk. She does. Hello, Mr. Scarf. It's your dear friend. Hello, Kitty. I'm wishing you, your family, all of the best and speedy recovery to Papa Scarf. Keep up the good fight and we'll see you soon. She's not so bad, everybody. She's very sweet, very thoughtful. Chris Lafferty so. probably has a different thing to say about. He has a uh, he has the exact same one, but made into a voodoo doll with probably pinholes in it. I'm pretty sure. But uh, either all, way, yeah, all jokes. I mean, Scarf, I love you, buddy. Um, hope your dad's okay. Defenders, thoughts and prayers for him. We 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 need, like I said earlier on, we need the millions and millions. We need your thoughts, prayers, and positivity. So, Scarf, we're here for you when you get to listen to this. I love you, buddy, and hope to see you soon. And you got any final words or thoughts or anything like that? We're back, baby. We are back. Uh, stay tuned for uh, one more sleep and a getting to know whoever the heck we're playing next. It'll be RSL or it'll be Leon. So stay tuned. And you know how we end all things on Defenders of the Bank. Bye-bye.